0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, we're only two hours away from the deadline for players to opt in with James Harden's decision looming. We'll get into how the Sixers can improve their roster. Plus, the Knicks, they're making moves, but are they the right moves? We look at New York's ceiling if they were to acquire Jalen Brunson. And Draymond Green is trending again. He said the Warriors will win three of the next four chips. All that and so much more as NBA Today starts now. Hey, welcome into NBA Today. I'm George Sedano in for Malika Andrews. And look, I'm just standing here patiently waiting for these guys right James Harden Bradley Beal opt in or opt out of their particular options with the Sixers and Wizards respectively their decisions will have impact across the entire league so if you're new to these two guys I'll tell you this they can flat out score I don't think there's any question about that over the last four seasons Harden has averaged the most points per game of any player in the league and Beal ranks fourth behind the beard and a couple of MVPs as well in Giannis and Steph. And who better to tell us about what's going on with both of these players than ESPN senior insider, Agent Ward So Woj, what are we going to do here with Bradley Beal? We'll get to him later in the show with so much, God, there's so many things to talk about. It's just insane. But let's start off with James Harden. What are the pros and cons
2: of Harden opting in or out of Philadelphia? Yeah, I think, you know, people need to remember that just because a player opts out of his deal doesn't mean he's leaving Uh, very often. it's financially makes sense to opt out and do a new deal. And I think in James Harden's case, certainly it would be very helpful to the 76ers as they try to uh, build this roster around Joel Embiid and, of course, James Harden, you know, to be able to use their full mid-level exception, which will be $10.5 million when free agency starts. It's very different than the $6.5 million taxpayer exception that the Sixers would have to use if Harden opted into his deal. And if Harden opts out, he can do a new deal. He can guarantee himself more money uh, over an extended period of time, over two, three, four years, whatever they negotiate. But I know a lot of the conversations around uh, the Sixers and James Harden have been about how can we uh, improve this team? How can we improve the roster? Uh, How can James Harden help them do that? And so certainly, uh, I think the Sixers are, 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 are hopeful they can get out here in free agency uh, and, and improve this team. And listen, I think James Harden, one way or another, he'll be back with the Sixers. Um, and I think there's an opportunity for he and the team uh, to do that, get him uh, some significant guaranteed money moving forward, and really make some improvements here in free agency. Okay, with that said, what is Philadelphia's strategy as we get down to the wire here? Toughness. I think they would like to improve uh, this roster. Um, they saw it in the seri- They saw it in the playoffs. You know, the coaching staff, the front office, and I think the players talked about it. This needs to be a physically tougher team, a mentally tougher team. And I think going out and trying to address that uh, in free agency, in trades, is a priority for this Sixers team. All right. He's the best in the business,
1: Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, thank you so much. We Thanks, will George. chat with you a little later. So okay. there's Adrian Wojnarowski. So now, speaking of the Sixers, they went 14 and 7 in 21 regular season games played by both Embiid and Harden last season. So that was good for a 55 win pace. Both stars dominated statistically, with Embiid going for 33 a game with almost 13 boards, while Harden averaged 21, 7 and 10 and a half in those 21 games. So. It's time now for our ESPN Senior Front Office Insider, Bobby Marks, who joins us now. And I see a touchscreen, Bobby, so let's get, <laughs> let's have some fun here. How would Harden's option or opting out actually help the Sixers in this situation?
3: Well, on the touchscreen right now, we have him as opting in, right? That's at that $47 million, $47 million number. They're at $151 million. The hard cap is at 157 million dollars so you will not be able to afford a player like pj tucker unless you make another trade to your roster what you want to do is have him opt out of that out of that number Leave some money on the table. Perhaps maybe we get it down to 35, 34 million dollars, and then make it up on the back end. Right now he's only eligible for a two-year, 101 million dollar extension. If he opts out, you can go up to five years on a new deal, but perhaps at a lower number. But you want to have him opt out, lower that number, and then you can go free agent shopping for a player at that 10.5 million dollar mid-level exception. All right, so we
1: know what Daryl Morey is rooting for in that situation. All right, Bobby, thank you. Let's introduce the rest of of our panel here. Matt Barnes is here in studio with me here in L.A., Tim Legler and Brian Winhorst uh, in Seaport in New York. So, gentlemen, Woj and Bobby just laid the foundation for Philadelphia. So, what is their biggest need this offseason? Matt, since you're here in L.A. with me, we'll start with you.
4: Well, I think I think it was it wasn't a mystery to anyone that they' definitely need toughness. I think Woes touched on that, but toughness and defense they ranked twelfth on the defensive end, and that's a perfect reason why and first of all, salute James Harden in the day and age where guys are getting all they can. He's being flexible with the team and allowing them to really continue to build. So someone like P.J. Tucker fits that toughness role, the defense role, and also shooting. They shot; they were seventh in the league in shooting. You can always use more shooting, but I think the number one glaring thing is continue to build around Joel with toughness because we talked crazy about James Harden. But if you look at the numbers when they play together, 21-10 and seven rebounds, three three rebounds off a triple double. So I'm looking for a, a good year coming, uh, a good summer for James Harden coming in next year, ready to play, and the other things I said. Legs.
5: Yeah, listen, I, th- I agree with a lot of what Matt said. Look, toughness is definitely critical. They need guys that want to run to the fight. Uh, I don't think they had enough of that last year. It was a very disappointing end to their season. Obviously, Joel Embiid was dealing with some injuries there at the end. It was very unfortunate timing. But push came to shove in that series. They just didn't get enough out of James Harden. And when I look at this roster, I say, man, you got Joel Embiid, best player in Eastern Conference last year, maybe in the entire league. It's debatable. You've got Tyrese Maxey, who really emerged now as a second-tier uh, option 1A for them and I think a budding all-star in the future. Then you got James Harden, Tobias Harris. That's your top four. So they've got a lot of talent. You go out, you get a P.J. Tucker, you add a DeAnthony Melton. Their bench is now significantly better. They've gotten deeper. I think Doc Rivers really ran out of options with guys he could count on coming off the bench. I think they've gotten deeper if they can add P.J. Tucker. But here's the key. Bottom line is this, James Harden is going to have to be much better in pressure situations when they get back to the postseason than he was this year, and than he has been at certain times throughout his career. Their entire season is going to hinge on James Harden playing big in the big moments. So despite the roster additions, I love them, but let's see what James Harden does when they get to that point again because I think they're a top-four team in the regular season, but can they really make a run to the finals? He's going to have more to say about that than anybody else because he's just got to be better than he was in the series against Miami this year.
0: George, they need depth, as uh, as Legs was just referring to. When they did the Harden trade, they really sort of hollowed out their team to a certain extent. And so I think James Harden is kind of beginning to reframe his reputation here if he does move his salary down because the last two teams, I wouldn't say he left with uh, team first being on everyone's lips. (laughs) And I think it's interesting that two years ago, the the Miami Heat lost to the the Bucks in the playoffs, and we're like, boy, that PJ Tucker was pretty good. Let's go get him. And here we have Philly, who just lost to the 76ers in the playoffs, saying, boy, that PJ Tucker is pretty good. Let's try to go get him. But in addition to the the, the trade that they made on draft night for De'Anthony Melton, they are going to pursue PJ Tucker when free agency opens tomorrow. And they they have they've informed agents out there that they have the biannual exception, which is a long way of saying uh, they're they're hoping to add. Two more players through free agency that's going to be made possible if and when Harden restructures his contract.
1: Matt, let me ask you about PJ Tucker's potential impact on a team like Philadelphia. We saw what he did with Miami last year. Brian mentioned we did with Milwaukee, what he's done historically with Houston with James Harden on his team. How does he impact? the Sixers. Well, he's a
4: culture shifter. Uh, He's always been a hard-nosed guy and the the journey has never been easy, so he appreciates every moment and every opportunity. You saw what he did uh, with Milwaukee when they got a ring. As we said, you know Miami hunted him down, changed the defensive toughness. This is always a tough team, but just that defensive energy. He was another guy out there that can help lock guys down. And I think he'll do the same, obviously, in Philly if they're able to grab him, because that was the glaring weakness was toughness and defense, but I completely agree. It's got to be a, a completely focused James Harden coming into the season, locked in, in shape, and ready to go, and then like Lex said, when it, when it counts, he's got to be there. All right,
1: we're just getting started here. Still to come on NBA Today, the countdown to free agency continues, and the Knicks reportedly have their eyes set on Jalen Brunson. We'll break it all down. Plus, if Brunson were to leave the Mavs, Where could that leave Dallas looking for some help for Luca. Bobby Marks lays it all out for us, and Woj will come back with the latest on DeAndre Ayton, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie Irving. Keep it locked. We're just getting started, as I mentioned, here on NBA Today.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play.
4: NBA Today is brought to you by Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Knicks have not been a good basketball team this season. The organization is a mess. It's not heading the right direction. Knicks fans, at least, are closing their eyes and having dreams of Zion Williamson. The fourth pick, the Los Angeles Lakers. The third pick goes to the New York Knicks. Same old Knicks, man. Same old
1: disappointment. Knicks led by 28. They fall. The New York Knicks are trash. I wish Knicks fans boycott this team. I understand it's New York City. Just kind of gotta live with the good and the bad. Lord have
4: mercy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the New York Knicks have made another move, trading Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks to the Detroit Pistons, clearing 19 million in salary cap space. That, according to our ESPN NBA insider and senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski, the Knicks included two future second-round picks and six million to incentivize the trade. We now welcome back ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks. Bobby, how are these moves setting up the Knicks in their pursuit of Jalen Brunson?
3: Well, we saw the draft night Kemba Walker trade as far as started the process here. And when you look at the touch screen here, Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel out in the trade. Before the deal, $14 million in cap space. When you look at taking Burks out, it's all about math, right? Nerlens Noel out, that gets you to a little bit over $34 million. And then when we figure out what the number for Brunson is going to be, is it 25, potentially upwards of 27 million? That fits right in there, and you still have a little bit of cap space, about $7 million to go out and maybe use in free agency. George, is also a path that maybe Dallas works with the Knicks on a signing trade to create a big trade exception that would give the Knicks a, a, Knicks a bigger trade exception. We'll see if that's going to happen. But right now, they've got the cap space to go out and, and sign Jalen Brunson outright. Okay, so if Brunson does indeed leave Dallas, what options do the Mav, Mavs have moving forward? Well, I mean, when you look at Dallas's roster here, this was kind of like, you know, Armageddon when you look at where they are with their cap ledger. Remember, they did the Porzingis trade for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Berton. They are over the luxury tax, about $4 million over. They've had a tax penalty of $6.8 million right now. Now you're looking at the $6.5 million tax mid-level exception. And the veteran minimum exception, you went out and got Christian Wood. So it's not like Jalen Brunson leaves and all of a sudden a $25 or $26 million slot all of a sudden opens. You're in a luxury tax, and it's going to be bargain shopping as far as how you go out and find his replacement. Unless, of course, you create that big trade exception.
1: Okay, and here's a look at Brunson's numbers last season. Bobby, thank you so much. Uh, with And without Luca. So, Doncic on, Doncic off. He clearly did a heck of a job in Luka's absence. Averaged 22 points and nearly seven and a half assists per 36 minutes with Luka on the bench, increasing his scoring by over seven and doubling his assists compared to his numbers playing with Doncic. So, we bring back here Matt, Legs, and Windy. You all saw the numbers there. Brunson clearly took his game to another level with Luka off the floor, and when Luka was out entirely at certain points of the season. So Matt. What's the best attribute that Brunson would bring to the Knicks?
4: I think his availability. I mean, he played 79 out of 82 games. Uh, average, you know, you saw his average. But on, on the season, he was 16 and nearly five assists a game. Um, so to me, If you're the Knicks, you're really chasing him down like this is, and I say this with all respect, very solid season. I'm happy he's getting his money, but they're chasing him down like he's, you know, the 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 prize catcher free agency, which I, you know, which I respect on their part if that's a part of their plan. So it's still, you know, it's a very solid pickup. I don't know if it moves the needle, as you know. Are Knicks going to move up and be that much better with him? Or or in the fans' eyes, is it that big of a deal? But very solid season. He's getting the money that, you know, he he worked for. But I just want to know what else the Knicks have up their sleeve with this move. Because this is a very solid piece. But, again, I don't think this is a a move that puts them into playoff contention automatically. Tim,
1: what are your thoughts? Well, I think a lot of what
5: Matt has said is so true. I think the number one quality that he brings in addition to that is leadership. This is a guy that has been a leader of every team he's been on. He puts a ball on his hip and he directs traffic. And I think his IQ and his, his verbal communication skills, he's a guy that the Knicks are going to need. They haven't really had that kind of leadership at that position in a long time. So he obviously upped the ante with, with his ceiling last year, with the way that he played not only when Luka was out, but even playing alongside of Luca most of the regular season, and then for that final push that they had, you getting on a team went to the conference finals and having some of the moments he did in the postseason, put a totally different price tag on this guy. So now the question is, can he live up to one of those massive contracts? Because as Matt said, he's a very solid piece. He has proven he's a starting point guard caliber player in this league. But is he the type of guy alone that's gonna you're gonna add? And now you're gonna say, okay, let's let's go pick up five seven, and eight more wins and get us into contention for a six seed so you're not in the play-in? I don't know that that's going to happen. I think they're going to be a play-in type of team once again. Even if they won five more games than they did last year, they still would have been a game short. So you think about the jump you have to make to get out of that range and get up to a solid top six team. It's got to be something in addition to Jalen Brunson. As much as I like his game, there's got to be more for the Knicks.
0: The the Knicks were, at the point guard position last year, it was a real problem for them. Derrick Rose's injury really derailed any hopes they had at the playoffs. So just getting a professional level point guard, which Jalen Brunson is a good playmaker, Mm -hmm. is going to help them win more games. But it is not going to be the type of player that elevates them into contender status. So they do have extra cap space. And so you wonder, is there something else that they're doing? They are one of the teams that has interest in DeJounte Murray. He was an all-star level player from the San Antonio Spurs. Now, as I've talked to people throughout the league over the last week, it isn't clear whether the Spurs are definitely going to trade DeJounte Murray. They mulled it quietly at the trade deadline. And even if they do elect to trade him, whether they're going to trade him to the Knicks. There are other teams definitely interested, including Minnesota and Atlanta. Atlanta specifically has been very aggressive there. But the Knicks do have eight tradable first round picks and they now have salary cap flexibility. And so whether they decide to try to go for something now or whether they hold those assets back along with still some young players that have value on this roster until something else comes along, this is not the last piece. The Knicks aren't. Positing that this is a that this is what they're gonna present as their as the you know creation from their rebuild. But definitely it is something that they need and it will improve their team. It's just not time to plan a parade.
1: All right, Wendy. So how does Dallas in this situation, if Jalen were to leave, fill out that roster? And what's your confidence level in Dallas kind of moving forward yeah. into next season?
0: This is an organizational letdown for the Mavericks. They had multiple opportunities to extend Jalen Brunson at half as much money or less than he's about to get from New York. They had multiple opportunities to trade him. And the biggest problem that Dallas has, really, is that their roster is going to be roughly the same as it was a year ago, just way more expensive. I know they did the deal for Christian Wood, but Luca is getting a $25 million pay raise. Dorian Finney-Smith's getting a huge pay raise. We thought Jalen Brunson would get a huge pay raise. It ended up not happening. He's not even going to get it there. And so Dallas now loses arguably their second-best player, Maybe they get something in return in the form of a trade exception. Maybe they get nothing, depending on on how this plays out. And so now Dallas is in a situation where them taking a step forward from last year is going to be a challenge. Now, I will say... I'm expecting Luka to take another step. I think he might be my preseason pick for MVP. Spencer Dinwiddie, the team believes will be healthier coming off of the ACL from a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, They believe they'll get better there, but they they suffered a big defeat in this one.
1: Well, let's take a look at Luka, because Luka is playing for his country right now, and he looks good. I've seen the pictures. He looks swole. He looks lean and mean, Matt. Yeah,
4: I think he looks great out there, ready, energized. But I'll just say one thing real quick. I think this is a bigger loss for Dallas than it is for a gain for the Knicks, because he was really a big piece of what the Mavericks did last year. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, and But Luca, you see him there in the international game doing his thing. And if you see the pictures, again, he looks svelte. Yeah, like he looks he's, – he's got definition on his arms. It's going to be interesting to see Luca. there you go. There you see it there a little bit. Uh, what he looks like moving forward. All right, coming up on NBA Today, Woj on the latest coming from Bradley Beal and DeAndre Ayton's camp with free agency set to start in just over 24 hours. Plus, Defensive Player of the Year Marcus Smart responded to some comments about how the Celtics need a, quote, true point guard. Don't miss that. And there's no secret that Steve Ballmer loves his Clippers. What he said about Kawhi Leonard's return and their chances at winning it all. NBA Today rolls on after the break.
3: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. We've got a trade. The Nuggets have acquired KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Ish Smith from the Wizards in return for Will Barton and Monte Morris, as sources told our age Ward Janowski. Barton leaves as Denver's career leader in three pointers made so no superstars on the move here but certainly some key pieces moving east to west here Matt. Is this trade a big deal, a uh, little deal, no deal? What
4: do you make of it? I think it's right in the middle of not big deal, not little deal, but somewhere in the middle. Will Barton has been a very solid piece for them in the last seven years, averaging 15 points. Uh, Monte Morris played a big role, obviously, with the, all the injuries to this team. Um, so, Will Barton has been a solid fixture for that team, someone that can give you 30 on any given night. So, again, it's not a huge move-the-needle deal, but he, uh, Will Barton particularly did a really good job in Denver these last seven years.
1: All right, so if Smith. Ishma- actually plays for Denver you never know how these trades eventually play out so I mean he may not, may or may not but if he does indeed suit up it will be his 13th team which would be an NBA record now Matt you got around a little bit too uh, playing for nine teams we're going to have a little game here for you can you name Ishmith's 13th
4: team it's half the league basically uh, I can't I'm give, me, give me any team um, Sacramento, Atlanta,
1: Atlanta, Sacramento. Nope, they in nope.
4: There. Uh, Who? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans uh, is in there. You got New Orleans. <laughs> my bad. All
1: right, let's see. Let's see the list here real quick. What do we got? All right, there it is. The Rockets, Grizzlies, Warriors, Magic Bucks, Suns, Thunder, Pelicans, Sixers, Pistons, Wizards, and Hornets. Now, you know, look, you may not remember that Warriors stint because it was only six games. Um, but, you know, there's a few of those hey, in there.
4: He keeps a job, man. He keeps a hey, job. He on the table, keeps money coming in. And he's very solid. He you is. You know, he just happens to bounce around a lot. So, you know, best of luck to him on number 13, Lucky uh, 13. Uh,
1: lucky 13. An excellent distributor. There's no doubt about that. All right. We've got Ishmith covered. For more now on the Wizards, we bring back senior NBA insider agent Ward Janowski. So, Woj, as you reported, Washington now has Will Barton and Monte Morris. What about Bradley Beal, who has yet to opt into his $36.4 million player option? What's the situation there?
2: Yeah, uh, Bradley Beal, if he opts out of that deal, signs a new five-year deal with Washington, that would be worth over $250 million, $251 million million dollars a quarter of a billion dollar nba contract if he would opt out and leave and sign a four-year deal that's 186 million dollars although uh there's not a clear any cap space out there uh for that but uh listen i think bradley beal has indicated all along that uh you know his loyalties and, and, and wanting to see it through uh in washington and uh you know he has the opportunity if he opts out today uh to come back here in free agency and and sign a massive deal, and, and both of those additions in the Washington backcourt, uh, those are veterans who are going to help that team. Looking out west, what's the latest with DeAndre Ayton? It, most teams around the league, and those who you know, would like to acquire DeAndre Ayton expect that this is going to end up in a tra- sign-and-trade scenario. Uh, mm. The Suns have been uh, reluctant uh, to offer a full Uh, max deal. They they allowed uh, Aiton to get into restricted free agency. Um, And so, you know, in the end, they can find a deal somewhere uh, and get some assets back for Aiton. Uh, There's max money out uh, in the marketplace for DeAndre Aiton and uh, Thursday, six o'clock Eastern. They can start, you know, to really explore that. And, uh, you know, a team can either sign him to an offer sheet and Phoenix would have a chance to match it, or more likely in the scenario that it, this seems to be moving toward is, is an agreement between a team uh, and Phoenix to get DeAndre Ayton and they get some assets back. And, and, and because it's clear, I think both sides, I think, are ready to move on, especially if it's going
4: to be at a max number.
1: Woj, as always, a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, George. So, Matt, let me ask you this: What do you make of this whole DeAndre Ayton situation?
4: This is tough because he's been very solid for them, and I think obviously the addition of Chris Paul put him at another level. Um, so, for that, that is going to—if he ends up moving, like it sounds, like it's going to be a big loss, but. You know, hearing rumbles from what happened at the end of the season, they were really starting to question, like, his want to play, his want to actually go back in the game. So it hasn't really came out what that situation was uh, with him and Coach Williams, but it was obviously a bad enough situation that they feel like it's time to part ways. But what I will say is he's one of the young, talented Centers in this game that you know, in a position that we really don't have too many skilled big guys. He's one of those out there. So you know, best of luck to him moving forward.
1: Yeah, best of luck to him. But that was kind of the knock on him coming out of college a little bit—the want, right? Like that was part of it. And then we saw kind of that come out with Chris Paul and Monty Williams and, and Devin Booker in that group. So curious to see how this all plays out for Phoenix and for DeAndre. All right, coming up, Draymond Green sure is confident in his Warriors. But winning the next three out of four? That's what he said. We'll chop it or drop it. More on NBA today after the break.
3: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens?
0: State Warriors have won three of the last four
5: NBA titles. We celebrated, we've had champagne, we've had rings, but this is the more motivating feeling. Everybody thinks it's the end of us. I don't see it happening, though. We'll be back. Since the 2019 Finals, we got hit with a lot of adversity and speed bumps, but never lost the faith that we could get back here.
1: very much alive
5: they're on top of the NBA world I'm so proud of our group you hit rock bottom with injuries
0: and to get back here and get it done means the world
1: just an incredible run by the Warriors as they climb back up the mountaintop after missing the playoffs the previous two seasons I was fortunate enough to cover them numerous times this season, but the most memorable moment for me was when I was covering the Western Conference Finals for ESPN Radio and SportsCenter and got to interview Clay Thompson immediately following the Western Conference coronation. Since I've known Clay's dad, Michael, who's also, by the way, a two-time NBA champion himself at the Lakers for many years, that's always kind of helped lead to fun interactions with Clay over the years, both on and off camera. However, that night was different. Clay was so emotional after winning the West Obviously, he had endured his own personal challenges due to injuries, where he didn't play basketball for 941 days. His eyes tearing up after I asked him what that journey was like. And that right there, that'll always be one of the coolest personal memories for me while on the job. So much so that I I kept the credential, actually. And perhaps it won't be the last time the Warriors have that sweet taste of victory. According to Draymond Green, they're just getting started again. Let's take a listen. In 2019 was when Steph really locked in on the weight room. And so that's where he
5: kind of starts taking that bump and kind of bumping it up a little bit. I think you started to see it then, that growth, and like, oh, man, nobody can stop this dude now. And I think that really changed the complexity of our organization, and I'm pretty certain that's why we'll win three of the next four NBA
1: championships. All right, that was courtesy of our guy J.J. Reddick's podcast, Old Man and the Three, live podcast, by the way, too. J.J., where's our invite? So, no surprise here, Draymond is feeling himself on the Warriors' victory tour.
4: Do you like this from Draymond, Matt? I'm not mad at it. I ha- Although I have them repeating as champions, I'm not sure if it'll happen with three out of the next four. but. You know, you never know, this team is young. Uh, this team is led by great vets and you know, they got a great organization.
1: Yeah, look, and, and they're feeling it right now. Steph Curry's gonna host the ESPYs too, right? So everybody's getting some love right now oh, with yeah. the Warriors. All right, let's bring more of the panel back into this for a quick uh, round table of chop it or drop it. Reminder how this game works. I'll present the panel with a topic and if you want to talk about it, we'll chop it, as in chop it up. And if you don't want to talk about it, we drop it and we move on, simple as that. And I know all of you like to talk, so these are going to be quick takes. Let's start with what Draymond just said. Warriors winning three out of the next four. Are you chopping it or dropping it legs?
5: Yeah, let's chop this one up. I agree. First of all, I think it's the start of another run. I look at what Steph Curry looked like this year. Klay Thompson's going to be better uh, with a full year now under his belt. And then, for me, it's the infusion of the young guys. Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, Jordan Poole. To me, that means the Golden State Warriors are going to win some more rings here in the foreseeable future. Wendy?
0: I'm going to drop it because I'm not going to take anything seriously a team says a month after wins a title. (laughs) You can enjoy it. By the way, I do think their window's (laughs) open, but I'm not going to take anything seriously.
1: All right, let's move on. The Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart was interviewed by the Boston Globe at his basketball camp yesterday, and he was asked about the Celtics needing a star point guard. Here's what he said. I hear the talks about he's not a true point guard. And this and that. They need a star point guard. We, we've we had star point guards and yet this so-called non-point guard is the only one that led them to the finals. So Matt, we'll start with you here. Celtics need a true point guard to win a championship.
4: Chop it and they're right on the fringe. This is such a tough call. I mean, they've had Kyrie and they've had Kemba, and it didn't work with their young wing. So to me, it's not so much a star point guard, but it's a point guard that can get easy buckets on his own and, get, and take some pressure off uh, Jason Tatum as far as the playmaking uh, is distributed. Legs.
5: Yeah, I think uh, Marcus Martin's right. I think he is more than enough at that position for them because of what he gives them defensively and with his toughness. Uh, and then Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum handle the ball so much anyway. I don't know that you, you need a point guard that's going to dominate the basketball with the way their offense operates. Bottom line is Jason Tatum is just going to learn from what happened this year. Yep. And he's got to be better if he gets back to that moment. Wendy.
0: Marcus Smart is right in what he says. I respect it. They do need some more depth, though. They do need some better bench scoring for sure.
1: And now to a former Celtic, well, Celtic coach, that is. According to Woj, the Jazz will name Will Hardy their head coach. Hardy is 34 years old, the youngest head coach in the NBA. Chop it or drop it, age is just the number for a head coach, Brian.
0: Chop it. This guy has been headed towards head coaching for the last three or four years. He's helped out on Team USA, so he's been around with star players. He performed extraordinarily well in interviews, according to people that I uh, have talked to with teams that he's he've interviewed with previously. He is ready for this job. He's one of the great young coaches in the league. Uh, it's a great hire by Utah, and I expect... Uh, just like when they hired Quinn Snyder, a former Spurs disciple, I expect him to be very good in this role.
4: Again, he comes from the Popovich coaching line, so you always want to take a chance. But what I like more than this is we, we, we were in a while. We were recycling the same coaches year after year. I like when young, fresh blood and new ideas are allowed to be spread amongst teams. So I definitely love this move for them. Legs?
5: Yeah, I think that I give every first-time head coach the benefit of the doubt because some guys are just born to do it. So let's see if he turns into another Nick Nurse or Eme Udoka type of
1: coach. Um, I'm all behind it. All right, fellas. Great job, as, as always. We'll continue the discussion in a little bit. But first, while everyone else is on vacation, the NBA, no days off, okay? Basketball never stops, and it's on ESPN this Saturday when we have our first game of the California Classic. Lakers and Heat at 5 Eastern, 250. Specific on ESPN2 and the ESPN app. Still to come, Steve Ballmer loves the Clippers' chances with a healthy Kawhi Leonard. Oh, and it's Kawhi's birthday. We have a special Top of the Top next on NBA Today.
3: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: I'm just fired up to be here today.
4: Paul is always a player that I wanted to play with. Man, we're going to make it happen L.A.R. way.
1: Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Come on, get up if
4: you're psyched as I am. I'm pumped. (laughs)
1: pretty cool pretty cool that was just over three years ago July 24 2019 Clippers owner Steve Ballmer was excited about what this era was going to bring here's a sneak peek the pinnacle was a Western Conference Finals appearance in 2021 so needless to say we haven't seen the full potential of Kawhi and PG in their particular era in Los Angeles this might come as a surprise though to all of you Ballmer Clearly, pretty excited about a healthy Kawhi Leonard next season.
4: Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Not only your best player,
1: but one of the preeminent handful of top players in the world. I'm really excited about that. And, you know. Kawhi's in the gym, he's working, and uh, we got, got our fingers crossed. Everything keep, keeps going on schedule.
0: How much are you dying just to see this team healthy for not just a full season, but the entire postseason too? Because you really kind of haven't had a chance to do, see that.
1: I think we stay healthy next year. We're going to be having a chance to talk way late into the uh, spring season. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Om Young Masuk who uh, was asking those questions and might have taken the video, too. So, Balmer is clearly excited and the Clippers owner has confidence going into next season, Matt, about what they can do. And you're a former Clipper, Matt, so I want you to rank your top five title favorites for next season. Five to one, please. We've got
4: some of the contenders here below. George, with my first pick, Stephen A and some others might tell me to stay off the weed, but I'm going to go with... The Nets. I oh. mean, wouldn't this just be a crazy story after all they've been through for them to come through and put everything behind them and win a championship? That would be a crazy story. My fourth team is... The Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis. Uh, Giannis is still there. They still got their core there. Obviously couldn't overcome the loss of Middleton in the playoffs this past season, but really like what they're doing. My third pick, and I'm really worried if this team ever wins a championship because of their owner. I don't know if he'll be able to handle it. You just see how excited he gets to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Why? If they win a championship, we need to find the blood. (laughs) My second team. Okay. The, the Boston uh, Celtics. Eastern Conference defending champions. I think more champions. than anything, I love what Marcus Smart brings to that team like we just spoke on, and I think this was just a huge learning experience for this team. Their first time really getting their feet wet. They'll learn from this. And my back-to-back champion will be none other than the team from the Bay Area. Okay, fair enough. Now, I'm going to bring these all down real quick because I'm going to give you mine
1: real quick. I'm going to give you mine. Hold on. Let's get these out of here real quick. All right. Giannis, you come down here for a second. And Kyrie and KD, you come or down here. Or is yours. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do, okay? I'm going to go with number five here as well. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. I felt like they were literally inches away from going to the NBA Finals last year. Can now, there the, What's that you from there? I am from there. I I am from there. But last I checked, they've been to a finals and they were again inches away of to being to a finals with a team that was completely banged up. So I'm going to at least put them in my top five right now. I would have put Brooklyn too, Matt. I'm just not, I got to see what everything looks like before it all settles, you know? So we'll do that. And then number four, I'm going to go the Boston Celtics over here. I'm going to do the Boston Celtics at number four. Now look, I, I agree with you. They're fantastic. Tatum and Brown will only get better. Um, but I, I feel like this team got past Milwaukee only because, in my opinion, because Chris Middleton was not available. So I'm going to go Milwaukee okay. as number three. So I think we, we, we're close on that one. I got the Bucks there. Giannis is the best player in the sport right now, in my opinion. And I just think that. That particular team, the way it's built, the chemistry they have with their best three players uh, is second to none for the most part outside of some of the teams I have ahead of them. Um, Now, number two, I'm going to go with the L.A. Clippers. Shout out to Marcellus Wiley, Clip City, Chip City, City, there you go. But now, I I, I thought about putting them number one, Matt, because if they're healthy, I think they may be the team to beat. But I can't knock what the Warriors just did and I can't knock the fact that they've got young guys getting ready and they're going to be ready to roll moses moody james wiseman jonathan kaminga i'm big on those guys future to kind of extend this particular dynasty for the warriors so right now it's fluid but these are my five right here what do
4: you think i like it i mean obviously this team will be in contention if everything yeah, for sure is planned and everyone's going to say man you say this every single year about the clippers but i think this may be the year that this team like we said is healthy and can in jail like they've been gelling They're going to be a problem. They're the deepest team right now. Hands down. Yeah,
1: I I would agree with that. All right, look, I might have buried the lead here, uh, but here's the deal. Happy birthday. Shout out Kawhi Leonard, 31st birthday. And let's get to the top of the top as you see a little birthday cake. We got one for you, Claw. We got a little birthday cake for you.
4: most interesting man in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard. He's a fun guy. Okay?
1: All right, let's get to top of the top. First up, age 23. Back in 2015 with the Spurs, watch the move here. Kawhi puts on our guy, J.J. Redick. Sorry, J.J. Look,
4: look out, bubs. Oh, no. Were you on this team? Yeah, J.J. <laughs> just subbed in for me. They had to put me right back in. Like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see why. I don't think there's any question why I see that's the case. All right, next up, age 25. Rockets at Spurs in 2017. First, Kawhi hits the three. Inside of 30 seconds here, you'll see. And then fast-forward to the next possession. He tracks down James Harden. Watch this. Oh, uh, Get that.
4: Wow, big play.
1: Next up, age 27, game seven against Philly. Enough said. I don't need to say anything else. Just watch this. Toilet bowl. Come on. Wow. Come on, man. I would have cried, too, if I were a sixer. That's Good lord. Great. All right, next up, age 29 in the bubble now, Jamal Murray tries to pack it in, and Kawhi. Kawhi says, nah, man, one is all I need. I'd have get <laughs> <Shut> up <laughs> out of here. It's crazy. Look at this. One finger, the middle finger. You can do what you want with that. All he needs. And then last one, just before his 30th birthday in 2021, Oh, this is he's gonna punch it on Maxi Kleba here.
4: Maxi, you got posterized. Hey, and, the, and his teammates had to talk trash because that's just not Kawhi. Kawhi just ran <laughs> back down the course. So you know, his teammates had to yell and scream. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It's crazy. But happy birthday to the claw. And uh, here's a look at our NBA today's schedule over the next two days. We got to get to that here tomorrow over on ESPN. We're we're bringing you four hours of coverage, but we will be back in 60 seconds as free agency is getting hot. Here's a look at our NBA Today schedule over the next two days, as I mentioned a moment ago. Tomorrow over on ESPN, we're bringing you four hours of coverage for everything free agency related. Started at 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern and then come back for another two hours starting at 7 p.m. Eastern 4 Pacific and then Friday, we'll be on ESPN2 starting at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific for 90 minutes before moving over to ESPN at 7 p.m. Eastern. We are just 26 hours away from the start of NBA free agency, so I want to bring everyone back from our, for our final question here on the panel. And Bobby, I want to start with you. What is the one thing that you want to see happen once this free agency period gets underway?
3: Oh, I want the Andre Ayton in the Suns uniform. I mean, what are we doing here, right? A team that won 64 <laughs> games, guy's only 23 years old. You know, I know that 30, $31 million for a center in this world is certainly a premium here, but give him his contract, and if you're not happy with him, trade him in January and February. Like, what's the return value here? Your window is going to close awfully quick if Aiton is not in the Suns' uniform. Brian, what's your one thing?
0: Carl Towns makes the All-NBA team, and so he is eligible for a Supermax extension. I say he's going to get it over $200 million, And I think it sets the tone for maybe the most exciting season of Minnesota Timberwolves basketball since KG was around. I'm real in on Ant Edwards' future. I think they'll make moves this offseason. Watch out for Carl Towns and his $200 million and the Minnesota Timberwolves momentum going into next season. With...
4: Russell Westbrook opting in, I want to see what kind of magic, and no pun intended, Rob Palinka is going to pull to round out this roster. I mean, not much space, not much money. Uh, What would they do to put a competitive team on the court? This team really lucked out in the bubble situation because building a team is so hard. And they were able to grab a bunch of mid-level players with that bubble team and win a championship. And now everyone just kind of expects that kind of stuff to happen. Chemistry is so important, as we've seen with these past few champions. Um, I really want to see what Rob and and management has planned uh, to round out this team. Legs?
1: Legs is not here, my bad. So I'll say I'm looking at the – I'm with Bobby, but I'm looking at the other side. What happens to the Phoenix Suns if DeAndre Ayton isn't there? That to me is the big question. Like I, I don't know. I clearly there is my guess is there'd be some sort of side and trade scenario, but what do you get back in that spot? So Brian, what would that look like potentially? Like what are you what are you doing if you're Phoenix if Ayton is gone?
0: So they believe that they can find a number of other centers who can give them the type of production that DeAndre Ayton can. So I would look for them to look for either some free agent centers or maybe a free agent center or a center they can get in a trade back that may not be quite on Ayton's level but could still give them the production and defend the front of the rim. They saw it, Bismack, the Yombo, and JaVale McGee gave them last season when, when Ayton was out. They believe they can get a productive season from a center. They just don't want to pay max level dollars for it. So I think the Suns are still going to be in great shape. And I think they could make some noise in this offseason.
1: Bobby, we've got about 30 seconds here. What do you think the options are there for them?
3: Well, yeah, as Brian said, he, you're going to get something back for DeAndre Ayton. He's just not going to leave. Either he's going to be on the, in the roster or you're going to work out some type of, of sign-in trade or maybe he goes out and gets an offer sheet and the Suns match. So you'll have something there, but as I said, I want DeAndre Ayton back. Well, try to see if they can get to an NBA Finals Matt
1: now they were 18 and six without DeAndre Ayton last year so maybe James Jones is looking at that potentially
4: numbers can be deceiving uh, and and as I don't see how why they're very confident that they feel like they can find someone with Ayton's production big guys just are, are at a rare rare premium these days so to think that they're going to be able to get someone to just fill in for what Ayton did is, is to me the wrong way of thinking about it and sometimes with that 18 and six number that can be decisive so I hope he returns as well.
1: All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks to Wendy, Matt, Bobby, Woj, Legs, and everybody who joined us. Make sure to download the NBA Today podcast wherever you find your podcasts.